Hey, everybody, and welcome to Thursday. <laughs> All right. Well done. We have a live, Very well we have a live done. audience here. I don't know. Are you guys alive? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like that. I like that. That's good. Let's see if we're actually up on Facebook yet. I think we are. It's Thursday with Fess Parker. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Yeah. You know, sure. Liz is always great. Liz Cooper is here with us. She's the national sales director, correct? Do I have yes, that right? Yes. Grand Poobah of all, of all yeah. Fest Parker wines. I'm Ryan Maloney. For some of you who may not know who I am, I'm the owner and uh, uh, chief cook and bill payer here at Julio's Liquors. And uh, Cass has uh, got a little injured, so I'm, I'm oh. filling in for her tonight. Um, <laughs> lucky you people. Uh, Cass probably does a better job at this than I than I'm going to do, but I'm going to give it the old college try, even though I think we'll that's be in a long time ago. Yeah. All right. So Thursday, wine. Yeah. Best Parker. Daniel Oops. Boone, right? Yeah. So um, Daniel Boone. Wild Frontier, right? No, right, right. So fast, yeah, was the actor that played Davy Crockett, David Crockett, Boone, both of them. Both of them, he's done both. Right? Um, yeah, so he and his wife Marcy and their son Eli, daughter Ashley, purchased the property in Los Olivos in 1987, and I think our first vintage was 1989. So 33, 32 years. Um, there's nine grandchildren, five great grandchildren, four great great grandchildren, all living and working on the property. And they're so all is, picking right. grapes. It's uh, well, especially the little ones. <laughs> yeah, it is one big happy family. So this is um, it. It certainly is a labor of love for their family, um, and they treat me like family. So I, I love working with them. But yeah, it's a 714 acre ranch, and we have some visual aids. I'm going to have to try not to do that um, for you guys to look at. But yeah, 714 acres in Los Olivos. 110 of it is planted to vine, and the rest of it is a fully operational ranch and farm. So we have horses, we have 80 head of Wagyu beef, we have um, heritage pigs, lambs, goats, mushroom caves, organic vegetables, fruits. There's a dog rescue, old yellow rescue the ranch. Mushroom, the mushroom caves are now. They're not the fun ones. They're just. Oh, regular, no, I didn't mean that. Regular that, 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 that's not a, oh, well, maybe I didn't mean that either. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. Wait, but wait what? I didn't say that. It's not the fun ones. Is this ones. being recorded? Yes. Don't worry. There's like no one watching us. <laughs> on the on the interwebs on the interwebs on yeah the interwebs. yeah yeah so it is yeah it's really it's a wonderful property and if you ever find yourself in the santa barbara area it's please please i've got cards here you can shoot me a quick email and and we'd love to have you visit it's you can stay in the place. mushroom cave well no Not the, well i <laughs> you can go look at good it, mushroom sure. cave. yeah exactly where you probably bring your own good mushrooms but yeah stop i can't help <laughs> You started. Oh, it. wait a minute. We're off. We're off Facebook now. Oh, uh, well, probably the mushrooms. Right, we get kicked off. So, anyways, no, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> Something uh -oh. we said. Could we be. went. We we did. We did one one time. Go and see how many swears they could bleep out at one given oh, time without knocking us yeah. down. So I'll try if, to keep the try to keep that down. Yeah, try to keep that down. So All right. All right. we're we're good. We got a good audience here tonight. We got like almost twenty people. We got twenty people here tonight. Awesome. And, Thank you. Uh, do you want to let's you want to go through a little bit about Fest Parker and then you yeah. want to start drinking some wine first? What do you think? I think um, if we want to put the yeah, thing up, up here, I've got a little. Sure, uh, we can do that. Um, I think PDF for you guys let's, to look at just to give you a happens. little bit of background um, as to what we're about. What makes Santa Barbara so interesting? I mean, California, I think when people think of California wines, they think of Napa and Sonoma and those beautiful areas that produce wonderful wines. But um, Santa Barbara is a nice little hidden secret, and we've become more and more um, mainstream these days. We've gotten lots of press and accolades, and so 
pretty excited to share it. So that's um, the Upper Mesa there. So if you want to, is that you in the is that you in the <laughs> the, uh, the tractor? There? The last time I drove the um, Fest Parker van, I put a big dent in it. So yeah, no, no mechanical vehicles <laughs> for Liz. I'm uh, yeah, I believe right. I'm eliminated from that. So okay. this gives you an idea. This is the Fest Parker family. So um, yeah, you can see lots and lots of kids in the center. There is um, Ashley Parker and Tim. They're the two smallest in that giant group there. Um, but yeah, so that's the family. You can kind of keep scrolling through. I can see those kids eating more grapes than they're picking. Right, that's, right. I don't know. That's, um, my, that's what I'm like. And it, this is when you come visit. This is what you're going to see. It's we were it's going through a bit of a renovation. Um, so when you do come visit, I'm just assuming everybody's going to come out to Santa Barbara at some point. Um, we'll have a whole new um, tasting facility, which is very exciting. We've got our own little barrel room. Production is on the back side of that building. And then it doesn't look quite so high, but it's about a thousand feet up as our upper mesa. And that's where you'll find the lion's share of the fruit. You know, with COVID and stuff like that, have you guys use this time to sort of like go through and say, okay, let's start. Yes. Let's do this so now. We, we took the time um, to redo the the tasting area because of where we're located we have a huge outdoor um space and because there's very rarely bad weather you know you can kind of have people tasting outside all year round so we put a tent outside and, and everybody's kind of outside doing their tastings there we were shut down for a little bit but really not too long because there is a, enough space for people to be separate everything is poured flights they're reservation only so it's it's a it's a pretty safe. It's not, it's not the craziness that you would normally probably go through. Right. But at least you could keep chugging along. Yeah, there's no standing in line at a bar kind of waiting to get right. your and, and those days are pretty much over at this point. Everything now is just reservation only. If COVID's done anything, it's taught us to be a little bit more organized about how we do our tasting. So that the, I learned the how to use a computer and, um, oh and do and do virtual <laughs> yeah. tastings now. See, there you go. I know. I, I would think thing. as much as I've used Zoom, I would actually know how to use it. But every time I think you change the screen, I forget the mute. Yeah, everybody forgets the mute. I know. It's I've seen people with coffee mugs that they'll hold up and it says you're on mute. So when people I have one of those, they have to. Perfect. <laughs> I, I run meetings. Way to, to go. Oh, oh thank awesome. you. And then I'm on mute and I forget. Right, exactly. All right. So as we move forward here, um, just a little bit about what we're doing. So in this time, we have we've always been um, looking to to be good stewards to the land, good stewards to the community, and the next generation. So for sustainability purposes, in 2020, we got our SIP certification, which means sustainability in practice. And what that is, and you can kind of scroll down here. Um, and if anybody is really interested in reading all this, this is all on our website. I'm certainly happy to send you the. Um, PowerPoint if you're interested. Um, but if you go to the next one where it's got the little, yeah, and I, it's, it's kind of hard. To I was read. sort of interested in, I was sort of interested in the natural pest controls. It like is really HBA. interesting. It is. Um, and I will share a little bit about that, but this gives you what we're doing. It's not just vineyards. Um, it's also about paying a livable wage, making sure everybody has access to insurance, that our water quality is correct, that we have um, the right packaging, that our carbon footprint is lowered. So it is a full stewardship um, sustainability but it's also piece. the people that you guys also deal with too. Correct. Yeah. You're, 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 um, you're, you're doing business with people that have sort of the same mindset. Right. So everything that we produce is harvested by hand. Um, we focus on a state, but where we go off our state, no bulk juice, no bulk fruit. So they're long-term contracts with like-minded vineyards. So um, Sanford and Benedict, for instance, which do a fair amount of um, organic, and then they have California Sustainable. Um, Beyond Nacido, which is SIP certified. Camp Four Ranch, which was one of our original vineyard sites, is also SIP certified. 
So we kind of work the same thing with Fiddlestick. So um, most of those uh, other vineyard sites that we um, contract with are long-term and they are, again, philosophically like-minded. The um, natural pasture control thing is pretty interesting. We release um, uh, bug pheromones to confuse the nematodes so there's no sexual activity in the vineyard with the nematodes. <laughs> Salt I said that for kind bugs. of quiet. Yeah, anyway. I know. I like, I like, I like, I noticed how it was like sounded very nefarious. I, was I know, like, but so I, then we do this. I'm like, well, you know, I think it's very interesting um, because of the the very unique soil that we're in. It's it really creates this um, sort of sandy environment, so we don't have necessarily the phylloxera issues, but we do have nematode issues. So that's a great way to cool. to sort of do it without pesticides. And then when you visit, um, we have soundtracks of birds of prey so if you're out in our vineyard sites don't feel like you've got a duck there really isn't a hawk or an eagle coming at you but it just sounds like it so yeah so until it's, there it's, is yeah. one yeah well that there's that <laughs> there isn't one until there is <laughs> until one takes you down yeah. um so this is just a little bit about who we are true authentic family story very specific vineyard sites which we've talked about having a property for people to visit um hard to replicate wines so these other vineyard sites not only just our own estate but the other vineyard sites tend to be thing um, sites where it may be us and a couple of other um, wineries that that source from there so it's not a big a lot of things yeah, but you got to remember too i think too is, you know we, we're living in a time where you know uh all the celebrities have their drinks their wines their stuff Fess Parker was really one of the first people that was that was a notable person in the entertainment industry that was sort of that I can remember anyways that was that was doing this, but he went in whole whole, whole hog. So it, yeah, it's an interesting story. They when they purchased the property, Fess and his wife Marcy had actually had an issue with it's their authentic. own home, right? And so they they bought the property with the kids to have a place for grandkids and great grandkids, which they're doing. Um, he wanted a cattle ranch and we're going to grow grapes and we'll sell the grapes. And then in true Texas fashion, as was a Texan, now we're going to make our own wine too. And that sort of allowed Eli to, to find his way into the wine business. And so one of the wines that we're going to taste is the Epiphany line. And that's Eli's, Fess's son, sort of a, a homage to his father. It was an epiphany that it sort of directed him into the wine business. Um, so if we keep going, yep. This is just gives you a little bit of our, our um, where we're sourcing outside of our own vineyard site. So really some some very well-known um, provenantial uh, vineyard sites. And again, when we look at somebody like Biondecito, um, our very first Chardonnay came from the Biondecito vineyards, the Millers of, I think it's probably nine, 10 generations that they've had that really? those vineyards. So around for quite some time. And we, we've been working with them for almost 30 years. Um, but it's a it's a large vineyard. The block that we have is only, we're the only ones that source from it. So when I say it's hard to replicate, yes, lots of people source from Bienacito and you'll see it on a lot of wines, but nobody sources from the particular block that we get. And that's kind of the way it is with a lot of us. You sort of stake claim to that sort of area right, of their exactly. vineyard. That's yes. good. I like that. Um, so this is a, a map of Santa Barbara. It's a little small. That I can see. It gives you, yeah. <laughs> it gives you a general idea. It, what makes us California is really Santa small Barbara? though. And yeah. Oh no, I get it now. So I know everybody's like, "What's that island?" And I'm like, <laughs> so, "Okay." So the reason I show this is because it's um, it really shows the, the uniqueness of the area. It is has some of the most unique topography anywhere in the uh, on the eastern um, or the northern hemisphere. Only place in the northern hemisphere that has these east-west traversing mountain ranges. So as those tectonic plates slammed into each other, they turned 90 degrees and opened up four mountain ranges into the Pacific Ocean. So you have a convergence of a warm current from the south 
and the cold current from the north. And just around this area here, I'm going to slide. This is Point Conception. Yep. Um, in between Point Conception, which is the Santa Rosa Hills, sorry, and the Prisma Hills around it, is Santa Rita Hills. And that's the Pinot that we're going to be tasting oh. is coming from Santa Rita Hills. And, and that's sort of important because you want that warm air, cold air. It, right. It's the coolest climate on the West right. Coast. That water sits at about 40 degrees year round. So is that wind comes in like a funnel into those east-west mountain ranges, it just hovers there. And then in Santa Inez, where the rest of the wines are coming from and where our home ranch is, about 70 degrees year-round. So what it means is the ground never heats up enough to continue to ripen the vines overnight. So we're, we're coming up with very balanced wines that hold their structure. We're not racing for respiring acidity. So you have very aromatic noses, but then great structure on the back. And that's a lot of problem with a lot of California, you know, I'm doing a generalization. Oh, sure. A lot of California wines, you, you talk about like the overripe fruit, you talk at the fat, fatty wines, flabby wines, yes, because, yeah. because they're just, they're growing, they're growing grapes rather than, rather than stressing vines. Right. And, it, and because of uh, not to go on a climate change topic, but as it's getting warmer, it's very hard to, to find that just perfect time to be able to get the grapes to be ripe where they, they don't overload in sugar and then lose all their acids. So because we have these big diurnal temperature shifts where it's very cold at night and warm in the morning, we're able to, to have a little bit longer hang time and a little bit more balance in the wines. Get structured so really too. unique topography, exactly, unique climate. And then the next one is the most unique soil anywhere in the world. And I brought some. So it's the largest deposits of diatomaceous earth anywhere. So if you're, you're more than welcome to come and just don't throw it at each other and please don't lick it. It's, it's diatomaceous earth. You're not supposed to lick it. No. Yeah, I and I've been places people are like, oh, can I lick it? I'm like, well, you can have it now. <laughs> no um, one else wants. Right. That's I, I just don't want to take like, it. Home. Did you go like, that's now your piece? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm wearing a helmet. Sorry here. Um, so yeah, it's if you're not familiar with diatomaceous earth, it's it's a um, ancient sea exoskeletons, phytoplankton, and diatoms compressed over millennia in sand. Um, and what it does, it's got this beautiful reflective quality. These are 400 meter thick blocks all through um, the Santa Rita Hills and in the base going into San Inez. And um, it's used when you grind it up in the Southwest, people will put it around their house for to keep scorpions out because it's very sharp. So it tears up the exoskeleton. So it's like a natural pest control for us. And it's quite high in mineral. So when you taste the wines, and I promise we're gonna taste them in just a second. Um, there is a line of minerality that runs through all of the wines from Santa Rita Hills all the way through San Inez. And I think you'll notice this sort of briny sea spray um, organic min minerality that's in all of these wines. And diatomaceous earth is used in like swimming pools. Used, yes. Uh, yeah, used for, for filtration. Clean. By the yeah. way, who watched Reacher? Did anybody watch Reacher? Diatomaceous earth. I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, yeah. did it? <laughs> Came up. It's part yeah. of a clue. I'm just saying. Yeah. Right. So it's it's definitely... Um, it, it really gives us something. It, um, we've had people come from Burgundy, from Chablis, from Champagne and see this and, and think that that's, wow, it looks exactly the same. The difference is this is silica and that is limestone, so calcium. So um, it feels the same. This is a little bit lighter. Um, but yeah. But how does it lick? I mean, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it smells the like the ocean. That, right? So I would say people it's probably are just salty. a little weird. Oh, right. sorry, guys. But you just, sometimes yeah. it just really is. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start with the Grenache Blanc. And this is our home ranch. This is Rodney's Vineyard. So the, the green yellow here, that's the main road. That's Fox and Canyon Road. The green on top is our Riesling. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, there's some Chardonnay on the, the yellow side. And then it's almost 
a thousand feet straight up to our upper mesa and this is a natural mesa so when you're standing where the red is that's Syrah, and you're looking out upper mesa, point conception is directly behind you and the san rafael mountains are right in front so if you go ahead so through. it's like tri triangulating there's much prettier pictures so this is our original riesling at the base and then keep going voila so that's the upper mesa so if you're standing that's Syrah right there you're looking at the San Rafael's grass mountain and behind you is Point Conception. So you have ocean breeze on all three sides. So it's this natural mesa that's very um, dry and arid with these cool breezes that run through. So this is um, the Grenache Blanc. If you see that tree that's kind of leaning slightly sideways right in the center there, yep. that's the Grenache Blanc right behind it. So we grow uh, a plethora. I've always wanted to use that on a show. A plethora. A virtual cornucopia. Yes, a cornucopia. <laughs> I'm going to start talking about badges here in a minute. <laughs> here we go. So, uh, yeah, we grow a lot of uh, very, very different varietals here. But that, yeah, because, um, I mean, you know, we've uh, most of the people I think here, these these are um, wine people. Right, right. They wine a lot. And they what? usually have like, like Grenache. They have yes. red Grenache. I mean, so, uh, so they've white. Oh, Blanc is a little bit different than most people say. So it, it, Grenache sort of, um, it, it comes to the, comes to fruition the same way that um, Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris, Pinot Blanc, all the same vine. It's a mutation of the fruit. Grenache is the same way. Grenache Noir, Grenache Gris, Grenache Blanc. So same vine, but mutation of the fruit. So here, this is the actual Grenache Blanc. Um, it's, I'll let you guys kind of taste it before I tell you what I think. Oh, and of course, you're going to hear what I think. <laughs> but I want you to sort of smell it and get a good taste of it, because I think for me, what's on the nose and then how it translates to the palate is just it's lovely and surprising. And I like that. The, the nose on this is really very, very interesting. It's a little petroly, mm, right? Yeah. And it's got this, to me, it's chamomile. It just reminds me of that, that sort of chamomile note. And they make a tea out of that stuff, don't they? I, that's what I've I hear. Heard. Yeah. yeah. And they make a tea out of that stuff, don't they? So what do you guys think? Guess, yeah. It, this definitely has some minerality to it too. Right. Like serious so time. I think all of the wines you're going to find it, but to me, I think this is this is one of those wines that it comes through so clearly. I mean, it's it's almost like a briny, grape, salty. Yeah, you get grape. that sharp grape. Um, um, yeah. Almost, almost. Um, uh, grapefruit yeah. uh, tone to it, but then you get that sort of that that's like stony uh, feel to it. This right. is like I, I don't want to say li like licking rocks, but it you is get that little, little no? you get that little right. you know, get that little bit of stony. So it's got this beautiful bright acidity to it. Right. So when you take the, on the nose, it's 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 quite um, the the aromatics are really mature. You're not having to struggle to get right. the 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 nose or the bouquet from this wine. And on the palate, again, that little bit of grapefruit, to me, it's almost like an unripe peach. Um, it's got that briny, salty mineral in there. It's just a hint of like candy ginger right there in the middle. And then it's salty and it's clean and you're salivating and you're ready for that next mm -hmm. bite of food. It's a great The next sip wine. of wine. To me, this is a seafood wine from start to finish. It's, I mean, I would eat caviar every day of my life if I could afford it. <laughs> this is a caviar wine. It's an oyster wine. It's a wine for mussels or scallops or anything that's got a little bit of liquor to it. I think it's just, um, it's got that beautiful brightness on the back end that carries it through to that. I think it's very, um, it, not typically what I think California-esque. Not at all. No, if you know, you, if I mean, you, if you, if you I, I'm uh, immediately on the nose, I, I, it, it took me back to France. 
you know, yeah, it is bone, um, like in the bone area, like, you know, so having some of these like, you know, these mineral flinty sort of, um, you know, um, whites that 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 sure. that, that have happened there. And uh, um, so, you know, I feel like it's it's, um, you know, if you compare it, if you've ever had a Grenache, has anybody had Grenache Blanc from another California producer? So to me, they tend to be quite viscous. They tend to be heavier and richer. Um, and not that they're um, out well, of balance. This is not but thin, though. This is not no, like, you it's know, not, not this, you know. But there is, it's, there's a tension on the palate with this wine. It's quite linear and racy. Um, so to me, you don't get that heavy, fleshy roundness on your palate. It's just goes straight across and, and, and still has a nice long finish to it. Um, and that freshness and that acidity and that lift is something that I think is quite unique not only to our vineyards, but to Santa Barbara and our specific area. What do you sure. guys and think? I think that's winemaking as well. Yeah, I think of this one. Yes? No? Yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, but I think, you know, the, and sometimes it's difficult where, you know, we're sitting here doing a wine tasting and we're trying this. And, and I think what you have to start doing when you when you do that, though, is start thinking about what you just said. Is thinking about having this with some like with, with some like shellfish with some seafood. You almost have to think of what you're having it with. I don't think this is really one that I'm gonna um I'm not backing on the um you know knocking it back on the porch because I think this one would complement food so well. Yeah, I don't that it I'm just strike not, you know, me as like a quaffing wine where right. I'm gonna sit out on the patio. I mean, all right, if I have to, I will. Yeah, um, but it's not really to me, it's a wine that's just gonna express itself so much better with food. I think it's, again, it's one of those wines that really raises up the, the, the eating experience. And you bring up a really valid point. Um, you know, when we taste wines, you taste them in, in a, in a this sort of stark environment of just going through and tasting and judging them as opposed to when you have this with food, it's a whole different experience. So it, as you, if you like it a little bit now, I think you'll, you'll love it with food. Um, yeah, it's just it's not your it's the not problem. Your the problem either. not doing it the other way, like doing I I personally rather do it this way because I'm only experiencing the wine, sure. and so I'm 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 remembering the wine, I'm tasting the wine, I'm getting all of its subtleties uh, when I'm doing that. It, and that's sometimes what I don't like about wine dinners is we we would pair this with something and you would fall in love with this wine. But it would be um, you'd only want to have it with that one right. thing. And it and by the way, the the atmosphere of us having dinner that night would sort of overshadow that. And then when you had it the next time, you'd be like, huh, I don't think it's as good as I remember because it's an experience, too. Exactly. And this way, I'd rather be a little bit more uh, clinical sure, and, sure. and trying something and, and going through all the different steps that this wine offers um, and then enjoying it with with food. Uh, with something I want to pair. It with. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, at dinners, I always try to, not that it, there's hard, fast rules for having, well, with me, there are, but I like people to try the wine first, taste the food, and then sort of try them together to see, are they, do they lift each other up or, or is right. one better than the other? Um, but you're, you're hundred percent correct. Wine to me is, it's very much like music. It's very experiential. You can have a wonderful wine and be having dinner with somebody that you're not enjoying their company or something horrible happens and that's what you associate it with. And so it may be nothing wrong with the wine, but you're not really having a good experience. How many of you have said, Oh, the wine wasn't the same. Right. Well, and conversely, and it's like, well, you know, yeah. my, my, my husband posts me on the beach from yeah, well, <laughs> violins playing and everything like that. I have this wine many, and right. Yeah. How many people it's, say, Oh gosh, what do they do in Europe when they send the wines to the United States? And I'm like, well, 
You're not sitting in a 15th century castle drinking it. That's what they're doing. That's the difference. Right. They're not doing anything to it. It's just the experience is quite different. And you can be drinking something, you know, just plunk. But if you're sitting in a beautiful place and enjoying vacation, it's an experience. Than, it's an experience. Yeah. And we have the same thing, you know, in whiskey. We it's just talk about the same thing, yeah. you know. And the other part is, I'll just tell you guys, if anybody's never told you, is when you're trying something like this and you're trying something for the first time, never trust your first sip. Yeah, always go your back. Second sip is really going to give you more of what you're having, having to. And don't sniff with your nose closed, your mouth closed. Yeah, if you there is if you sniff with your mouth closed and then open your mouth, you're going to have two very different, different experience. experiences for sure. And if you leave your nose in there too long, it's like you know the difference between getting in a car at a new car lot and then driving it out of the car lot. It's completely now it's depreciated immediately. Um, so the next wine that we're going to try. Does anybody have any questions about the Grenache Blanc? Yes. Yes, sir. So the next wine that we're going to try. Yeah, I think it's thirteen two. Yeah, it's the 13.2% alcohol. It, it, the gentleman right. asked if it was yeah. low in alcohol, but I think that's, you know, I think it's deceiving. For California, that's I think quite low. <laughs> yeah, it's low, but I, but it is sort of deceiving. It is, yeah. I mean, there's still some texture and weight here, but it is lower in alcohol for sure. Um, in an area, we, as I said earlier, we have a good bit of hang time. So um, if you look at, from a chemical standpoint, um, the pH here, it, the acid here, it's, 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 um, it's quite sharp. So it's all done in stainless steel, um, and we take about 18% of it, and we age it for six, seven months in neutral barrels. So it takes the edge off of it, because without that, this becomes quite a, a racy wine. So from this same vineyard site um, is our Viognier, so from Rodney's Vineyards. If you want to, yep. you can kind of slide past here. So that, uh, and that I the have these, these are, that's the Grenache Blanc, and then the next is the Rodney's Viognier. Okay. So this is a wine that's, um, it's, it's quite different. Um, so the gentleman with the blonde hair, the kind of surfer dude looking guy up here, that's Tyler Eck. And he is our associate winemaker. Tyler joined us in 2014 after spending um, two vintages in Condrieu, which is the home of Viognier. And in the center, there is Blair Fox, who is our, our head winemaker. And Blair's been with us um, since 2005. So together, they, they both have traveled the world doing harvests all over the world. They have incredible experience. And these two guys together really, um, they really lift each other up. They really challenge each other to do the very best they can with what Mother Nature gives us. So we have just what you see behind them. And that's Tim Snyder um, to the left of them or to my left anyway. Um, and he is uh, Ashley Parker's husband. He's my boss. He's everybody's boss, actually. Um, he runs the day-to-day -day operations of the winery. So behind them are um, the new cement fermenters. We brought those in in 2019. So nine cement fermenters, and that is in our Los Olivos facility. So if you visit, you can actually go see production if that is of interest to you. Now, what's the, um, what, I think is there's some benefit using um, cement especially with whites so we don't need any glycol wraps um that that sort of again this is the sustainability piece we don't have to wrap those stainless steel fermenters and glycol to to hold the temperature because these are so thick and they're conical um we don't have to worry about the temperature they're all maintaining a very um, low temperature um there's less to interfere with the actual um so if you did stainless steel you'd have to do that you'd have to sort of wrap you'd have to have yeah because wrap. you even in in a cool climate you, so if you in, it, the the wines excuse me the grapes heat up during fermentation that that process of fermentation 
heats things up. And so in order to maintain, um, so it doesn't get too hot. And that cement, the cement is still uh, like a, a neutral, a neutral yes, um, it's not vessel. adding anything to it at right. all. Correct. So um, for me, again, this is, um, it's a big wine. I think it's very, very aromatic. Very much so. I smelt that about back here. Very, very aromatic. But again, there's great acidity on the, Sorry, keep forgetting I got this thing on. You'll get used to it. Right. <laughs> by the time, we're, the time, by we're, time we're done, yeah. you'll be fine. To me, again, there's bright acidity here. You're salivating. You know, I, I think sometimes people think, well, I don't, you know, I don't really get that. Take a sip, tilt your head forward and see how quickly your mouth fills up it with does. saliva. It, there's a great deal of acidity here. There's great structure on this wine, but again, there's depth. There's this beautiful sort of orange, orange oil fruit up front. And that little kind of. Um, I get orange, and then I also get like, um, you know, if the other one was that side of that grapefruit citrus, the, mm -hmm. the grapefruit citrus, I almost get the. Uh, you have like a, a canned grapefruit in the light right. syrup. There's yeah, that like, flavor that it has, that this this has, and uh, just at the finish of this. That's yeah. not a really, really cool. Yeah, it's there's it again, it's a little bit more stone fruit to me. Yeah. There is um people liken it to and I am not a fruit loop eater, but I'm told that there is a, a that sort of candied fruit loop note to this. Um I'll just take I'm going with the word can, I'm it. going with the canned uh grapefruit yeah, I think uh, the, slices. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. No one can tell you what like we're we're giving you very um general sort of terms. You're always going to associate when you taste something, you'll associate it with something that you've had or or you maybe you haven't. And you're just saying, I'm getting this flavor and I can't describe it. Um, usually everything every once in a while you'll start tagging things up, what they go with for yourself. And it's always going to be a pot. We've just talked about a positive or a negative, uh, depending on the uh, the the, the uh, flavor and whiskey. We get sometimes we get, you know. We get shoe polish. Well, to one, my, my friend uses this example all the time, and it's so true. Right. Shoe polish for you know the kid that shined his shoes on Sunday morning with his dad Maybe before they so went pleasant. to church. It's sort of like it's nice. Right. The guy who was in the army that had to polish his shoe every day before they went out for a forty mile hike. Not so much. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it, it's 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 your it's your uh, relative space with the with the flavors, the scents, and 100%. taste that you're getting. And I think a lot of times we associate what we know. So to me, that sort of candied fruit, there is a, a, an apricot kernel note to this, almost that, that little pithy bitter in the middle, middle palate. Um, but it's, it's uh, spending a lot of time associating the flavor profiles with fruits, with non-fruits, with herbaceous things, um, kind of brings you to that. Yeah, really nice. I, I'm just as happy if you go, yeah, I love this or no, I don't. It's, you know, yeah, I mean, you gotta it know just what that you like. It just right. can be just that, that much gut right. feel. I like yeah. it. I don't like it. What did, uh, does anybody have any reaction to this? Like it, hate it. I like it. I don't like it. What did, does anybody have any reaction to this? Yeah. It, it, there's definitely some weight to it. Yes. Right. Yeah. There's definitely some weight to it. Yes. Right. What food combination would you put with this? No, I would definitely want to have this with food. And again, um, to me, these are the things that you cheeses, pair. Like, yeah, like harder cheeses. Cheese. So uh, it's but it's rich and it's like viscous. So what you want is something that's equally rich and viscous. 
B&A loves fat. I love fat. But, you know, butter, cream, cheese, anything along those lines, um, anything that's got us, you know, if you are a white wine drinker and you still, you know, like um, steak and you want a Bernays sauce, it actually would pair quite well with it. Um, piccata, because you have all that butter and that richness, would go quite well with it. Um, I certainly, would be a yeah. good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. I'm, honestly yeah if you you know if you're a vegetarian it's mushroom mushroom cream sauce anything along those lines honestly yeah yeah i mean a nice carbonara i drink it with it for sure is this your first time trying vna so it, it originates from france and it's a little tiny area called Condrieu that you'll you'll find it um and again there it's a it's a race for freshness and it's a race for acidity um, I've had a lot of California Viognier that become weighted with oak. Here, I think there is a richness to it. And I don't disagree with you. That weight is, is um, I think, an effect of a, a secondary fermentation to soften up the acid. So it gives you that roundness, that richness, almost a creamy feel to it. Uh, no, this is done in barrel. All barrel fermented. So, John, on, how much? How much pictures. barrel is it? How much? How much? Like, what, what's the what's the barrel in this though? Like, you know, what this, I'm saying, is it like more neutral? It's nine months. They're seventeen percent new. So, yeah. generally, our it's barrels we don't keep after about five years or so. We'll scrape them and, and resell them or use them. We have we also have a small brewery. So, part of our our going back to that sustainability piece, we take the spent grains from the brewery and combine it with the skins. And that's what we finish our um, cattle with. So lower methane emissions between 10 to 15%. So nothing. And they're happy. They are very happy. Yeah, very happy. So very happy cattle. Yeah, nothing is wasted here. Um, But again, I think um, because of that barrel fermentation, and these are all French oak barrels, so 228 liter classic burgundy barrels here. Um, Yeah, so it's only about 17% new, but it does go through that secondary fermentation. It's a it's a chemical reaction that takes a, a lactic a malic acid, which is like the bitter green apple acid and converts it into um, a lactic acid, which is a milk acid. So rounder, softer, right. Um, so here, when I talk about things being done by hand, um, this is the triage. The clusters come in late at night, early in the morning when it's very cold. They pull anything that doesn't belong. If we're doing Pinot Noir, then they're going to pull clusters for the whole cluster piece of it. Um, when we get to the... Pinot Noir that we're going to have here, which is a clone 115. It's about 30% whole cluster. And then the next, if you flip yeah, to, the next, to one, the next one, yeah. um, then it goes through a distemmer, which is that big uh, diamine machine back there. And it shoots it through. And then the berries come out and it hits on, it's called a shake table. And it's exactly what you think it shakes. <laughs> and you can see if there's any jacks or petioles or things that don't belong. And we have three people that stand there and they pull it off. Um, and that's it. And then they go into either um, nothing is crushed. So they'll go into either open top fermenters or the cement fermenters or. Yeah. It's just with the using weight, just the weight to yep. crush. Yeah, so we do. We have the two, those two pneumatic presses. If you go to the back, back one, uh, next one up. Next one. No, ba- other oh, way. Back sorry. One. Sorry. Back yeah. I'm sorry. The other back there. There you go. See? There's, oh, yeah. I see. There's those it. two pneumatic presses. So um, there, nothing is crushed. We can set it for a very gentle press and then that's free run juice. And we don't do an extra press for, for anything else because everything is going to the cattle at that point. So you can kind of skip through. So now we're changing gears in a big way. So that's the punch cap. Does everybody know what punch cap is? So as, the, as um, fermentation settles, it pushes the, the skins, the pips, all of that 
to the top. And what we need is exposure to the skins to give it color. So 98% of grapes bleed clear. You get the color from the skin. So you need to have so some exposure. So they're not going to do it. This, so they no pump over. No, it's, it's that can it's, be very aggressive, right. right? So this is it, as very it aeration. There, I always I always wondered right. like a lot of aeration by doing it that way. Yeah, so it looks like a like a, a corkscrew with a spoon on the end of it. So they stick it in, they turn it and lift it up. It's it's quite hard. And if you don't do it every a couple of times a day, the cap will get hard enough that you can actually walk on it. So it, it's a it's an important piece of spreading the the juice around the skin so that you can get that color and then you also get a little bit of tannin and and structure it's like if you were having a uh, you were having like a tea and you left the, the bag just kept floating yeah. on the top yeah you're exactly. not going to get that you're not going to get that concentration of flavors right if you just pour the water on the tea bag and take it out after a minute you're never going to have right. the same complexity or the same flavors then say if you left it sit there so we can go to the next the next one okay. and this is um Santa Rita Hills. This gives you a quick map of Santa Rita Hills. Ashley's Vineyard. This is named after Fess's daughter, Ashley, is right there at the top. And then if you go to the next slide is the plant map. So just to give you an idea of what you have here, this is Pinot Noir, California, Santa Barbara, Santa Rita Hills, Ashley's Vineyard, one block, single clone, 115. So that's right that down top, to just that, that top yeah, corner. That's one right here. And if you yep. go to the next slide. Yep. It's much prettier. That's it. Yeah, that's Boom. a lot prettier than that. Wouldn't than you rather graph. look at that? So, yeah. I don't so like topography maps when I can look at something like right. that, right? So interesting. There's this sort of gray clay that sits on the top end. And as you get down the bottom, you can see on the bottom vineyards, it's just all sand. Um, so here, Clone 115, this is um, when we talk about clones. Do you guys all understand the... So if you... When you're at the grocery store and you go to the produce section, you can see Granny Smith apples and Red Delicious and Golden Delicious and Galas and Fuji and Pink Ladies. They're all apples, but every one of them brings something different to the table. They're, each one of them has a different flavor profile. So thinking along those terms with the clones of Pinot Noir, that's kind of what we do. So when we blend the different clones, they bring a different flavor profile, different characteristics to a blend. So this is a single clone from a single block in Santa Rita Hills. So very, very cool climate. Um, 115 to me tends to have uh, much more of that sort of wild strawberry rhubarb, um, even a slightly herbaceous note to it. No barnyard. Yeah. So, and that's a perfect example, like who loves barnyard? Not me. <laughs> However, in wine, I do. It's a, it has a different connotation. I had a friend that used to say it's barnyard, but not yet fecal. I don't know if that's a good thing. Either. You know you can say? <clears throat> um, There's a much better way of putting that. <laughs> it's, it's uh yes it's barnyard but in the good way yeah all oh, that good barn yeah so to me there's just this this sort of rose potpourri up front it's it's very very aromatic so like lilac um, yeah. um, um, um violets <laughs> yeah yeah that sort of purple flower yeah um it is when we produce this produce this wine it's about 30 percent whole cluster and the rest is whole berry and it, um, after alcoholic fermentation, it's pressed into new first, second, third, and fourth use barrel. And then after 17 months, we blend it to, to make just the single. And then the rest goes into uh, another blend of Pinot Noir. So this is like, this is, um, you're getting really down to just, you know, this is a, um, 
you're really um borrowing it down to like a very very small vineyard of this wine coming from i mean how much does this even produce so um we get less than a half a ton per acre yeah so to put it in perspective average tonnage um for pinot noir in santa rita hills is between six six seven tons per acre so we have less than a half a ton and i should know this but i don't we made 493 six packs of this wine so very very small small. production so we look at the overwhelming picture of what fess parker produces i think sometimes the association with fess who let's face it was quite an iconic person um we tend to get wrapped up in that story and forget about what's in the glass and the wine first piece of it um and he did a wonderful job bringing family together and and getting um getting the wine out there and to market the winemaking has always been something completely separate. Um, and I feel like what we are producing are world-class wines in quite small production. So that we, we do the Fess Parker Wines Epiphany, which is was a sort of a passion project for Eli, and now is still part under the Fess Parker family. We do Festivity, which are sparkling, all Santa Rita Hills, traditional sparkling wines, and Addendum, which is a Cabernet project in Napa. Same concept, site-specific, small production. So under that, we make up 51 different wines. So we have quite a um, selection um, at the, most of those stand at the winery for or direct to consumers. So if you go out to visit, you can purchase or join the wine club, that kind of thing. Um, Pinot is one of those, Pinot is one of those um, uh, varietals though. It, right. it ranges. Exactly. I mean, you can't say I like Pinot anymore because the Pinot ranges from like all these different flavor right, and, right. and top notes and and all the stuff and it, it's really it's gotten sort of wild in the fact that you it, it's 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 all over the board mm-hmm. um and sometimes i think you'll sort of lose what pinot's sort of about and well, i don't think you do with this i think because it's it's when people say well i don't like chardonnay well unless you've ABC, had them all you just chardonnay? can't right so I, I feel like pinot has the same thing you can try a clone 115 or a pomard clone or a blend of those or 2a or triple seven and or however you if you have them separately they're all going to taste completely different you can have a pomard clone from biancito and one from parker west the farthest west point of um santa rita hills they're going to taste completely different they're still pinot noir everything can be done exactly the same but just an effect of where they're grown the climate the soil is going to affect the way the wine shows um, so for us, this is a, a piece of, we make nine different Pinot Noirs, all in very, very small production, because what they are trying to do is really sort of capture, this is really unique. This is the single clone from a couple of rows in this block, and we want to be able to showcase that. The rest of the block, we blend into Ashley's Pinot Noir. We do a single block, single clone of Pomard as well. Um, so we do a lot of those different things. So when we look at, uh, as I was saying, there's 51 different wines. Well, it's, it seems a little ridiculous, but most of them are a few hundred cases. So the only thing that we're doing in large volume, and, and even that is not very much, is Chardonnay um, at uh, Santa Barbara Tierra Chardonnay and Riesling. And those two wines are half of our production, which is less than about, our total production is less than 60,000 cases. So we're actually considered a relatively small winery in the scheme of things. But I think the name people associate with it being, oh, well, this must be big. Yeah, but, when in but, fact, but, it's quite small. Well, that's, yeah, because you're making 
a whole bunch of small ones. Little tiny, yeah. So when I- You're dividing the, yeah. what you're doing up into very right. small segments. Right. So you'll, there's, you know, 500 cases here and 200 cases here and 100 cases there. And, and so it gives an opportunity to really take the, what Mother Nature gives us in the, in the, the best that way that we can and produce the best wine that we can and really showcase those clonal selections, the soil, the climate, where it's grown, that kind of thing. I definitely, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm all thinking of this, like, duck poutine. Yeah. Oh, uh, this that is, would be, like, this with this This is such wine, a great wine for that. Right? I'm having a moment here yeah. with this hair. With the, the curds Sorry. and the thing. At, like, yes. this, this yes. I mean, maybe because I'm in the middle of winter. Yeah. And I'm having Pinot Noir, and this, the flavor profiles of, like, sort of that, that strawberry and that, yeah. and that, you know, the, the, the purple flower yeah, it's very floral right flower, and i'm all i can think of is is like that curd that duck the gravy the potatoes yeah. all going together and it's, it's like, interesting to me all right i think I, you, we, we're all wrapped yeah. up here all right let's see you later <laughs> it's you look at it it's quite light yeah. and so it gives you that that and you don't think it's going to have that delicate. much flavor there's some power on this yeah. wine it is not you know it's not a little delicate flower there is some nice power to the wine and i think that is a true expression of Pinot Noir, and it's certainly a true expression of Santa Rita Hills, which is certainly what we're trying to do. What do you guys think? Yes, no, maybe. Yeah. You're a quiet crowd. You're not drinking enough. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know usually they're rowdy to be throwing chairs by now, but whatever. <laughs> Have you considered making it with less oak? So we produce um it's called it's a very uh imaginative name it's called older barrel which is essentially um all new barrels within, it's all uh, all seasoned barrels so within the ashley's vineyard we do um it's called ashley's pinot noir and it's uh clone 115 114 pomard 667 and triple seven the ashley's is done with a fair amount of new oak and then we take the best of those seasoned barrels so neutral barrels essentially and that's bottled as older barrel um, and then our Santa Rita Hills is mostly neutral barrel as well, just our, our, the, the first year. So the difference with these, um, and not that anybody's buying them to hang on for to 10, 15 years, but they hang on for 10, 15 years. And so while the oak right up front might seem a bit much over time, that really softens up. It really opens up and it gives a little bit of structure to the wine to, for longevity pieces. For the longevity piece but i'm not finding it overwhelming though i'm finding it pretty well no. balanced i don't to me i don't uh, it's you're finding it's it a little there. bit a little bit hard no i'm just wondering yeah it's you're finding it a little, there. Bit, little bit hard. yeah yeah no i'm just wondering yeah yeah and so we do it, it's a the, the older girl it would be interesting um if you want to try something like that it's definitely martinetti has it and you can certainly order it um yeah it's it, it it's completely different let eric know if you want to try that we'll, we'll maybe, yeah we'll, we'll, uh, it's one maybe of those... if enough people want in here we'll split a case or something. yeah there's six packs so you know, or, not, well six crazy. of us will want it but i i think again to me it's it's the oak is definitely here it's not the star of the show so i find them it to be yeah. seamless um you know i don't care how much salt is in my food as long as it's not the star of the show and the only thing i'm tasting I mean, I kind of do care how much, but you know, I really don't want to know. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So yeah, so we we try to um, as as much as possible embrace what we can and, and do the best with it. So moving along, I um, let's do. I think we're going to do the Syrah. Syrah, which is yeah. we're back at Rodney's Vineyard yep. again. So this is um, a blend of it's mostly our home ranch, 
And then there is a piece of this that's called Camp Four Ranch, and it's a little bit farther south from uh, Rodney's. It was a 1,400-acre ranch right along um, Lake Kachuma that Fess and Eli did the initial plantings and then sold the property in 2010. <laughs> Excuse me. So it's a, to me, it's, it's a beautiful expression of Syrah. So it's a hundred percent Syrah. There's a hundred on this one. <laughs> yeah. So here, this is um, a different, it, they are all French oak, but they're 500 liter punchins or butts. And it's all um, whole berry fermented. No, obviously no clusters here. And it's all whole berry. And that is just a big meaty nose. Absolutely. That's like bacon fat and olive top it on. Absolutely. That's like bacon fat and olive top it on. So even on the nose is even like a little bit of, um, let's say like eucalyptus or. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I almost get that on the back, back end of it. After yeah. you swallow it, there's that little minty herbaceous yeah. quality to it. Get that on the yeah, but it's kind of like red fruit, ton of red fruit, and then you get that. Right. So it drops into it, which is so like Syrah cool. is one of those grapes, one of those bunches that you get. You get both black and red fruit. So you'll you'll tend to get some very ripe grapes on the outside of the cluster and, and less ripe on the inside. So it kind of gives you that sort of um high tone cherry and then blackberry, um, black raspberry style of fruit set. So quite different. Um, black raspberry style. Oh, this one. It's definitely like really seriously like mm -hmm. whiffs of meat on the nose on this thing. Really seriously. Yeah, there's um, savage as they like to say, but yeah. yeah, it to me it's that sort of bacon fat and yeah. kind of there's Italian sausage and fennel thing. I swear to God, I ate before I came here, but all I talk about, I mean, I feel like all I'm talking about is food. <laughs> But you know, I yeah, associate one, with what I know, and that's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not wanting to miss a nice T bone with this thing. Yeah, but, yeah. This is a wine that will, you know, there's the tannins are here. They're not oppressive to me. They're there. They're it's a little chewy, but it's not oppressive. I think it, it just holds the wine it's together. Not drying your mouth out or anything like that. No, but know. definitely the uh, it, it pairs well with you know a nice steak, good bit of protein. To me, this is you know you can have short ribs and a little ragu and. Yeah all the good stuff to me this is you know so this is again from our this our, is not a diet wine no i don't think any of these are of these i gotta tell you well like the, show, <laughs> the first one you know with the with the uh grenache blanc i i could I, I maybe be fairly good in having some you know maybe some seafood or something like that but it'd be drowned in butter i think so maybe not <laughs> listen you know i think everything's good in butter so our last wine of the evening i think we're going back to epiphany and I think this is just a really unique blend. So this would be what we would sort of consider our our, our uh, Santa Barbara Code de Rhone, if you will. So all from that Upper Mesa, it's 40%. Um, um, Morvedra. Yes, Morvedra. <laughs> what is it? Yes. It's 40% uh, Morvedra. There's 27% um, Cunois. 26% Cinso, and the remainder is Grenache. And so that's, again, it's all from our um, Upper Mesa, from a SIP certified vineyard. It's quite different if you have not had these varietals. Morvedra is is um, a very tannic uh, grape. It is quite powerful. It does have some nice floral notes, but it tends to be that meaty, rich, yeah. 
you know, it's the grape of um, Bandol. Um, so if you're familiar with, with that area of Provence, thank you. And then Cunois to me um, is a little bit reminiscent, um, even though it's it's in the Rhone and you'll find it in Sable in that, that part of the Southern Rhone, it's a little reminiscent of Gamay. It can be really juicy and bright and thin skinned um, and it can start during fermentation, this will get a little bit of a, a, what we would call carbonic maceration in that the fermentation will start inside the grape. So you get less um, uh, skin tannins and uh, a lighter style, almost a, a bubblegummy note to it or a banana skin note to it. And um, since so, we'll do the same. And then Granache again, big tannic rich wine. So it's an interesting blend. Liz, can you pass me one of those other glasses over there? So it's an interesting I can do it. Thank you. Yeah. I got a funky. Uh oh. It happens. Did you get the special glass? I get the special glass. There we go. And here again, the, so a uh, whole berry and then 500 liter punch into your butt. And here again, the, so a uh, whole berry and then 500 liter punch into your butt. I think. Um, it's quite different. It's not your your typical Cote de Rome blend. I think no, um, but quite different. It's not your your typical. And then to me, there is there's that sort of lavender herbs de Provence right up front. Yeah. And then there's a that kind of a I don't know black raspberry. You can kind of feel the the tannins on, on the, the side of your mouth. Yeah. 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 There's a very little bit of Grenache here, but that certainly is reminiscent of Grenache. And this to me, it's this is yeah. I could think of a, a number of things to have this with any kind of um, goose or duck. Um, you could mushrooms, I think like wild mushroom ragu, things along the nature, anything that's got that sort of earthy quality to it or gamey quality would would pair really well with this wine. Ratatouille. Yes. And not the mouse. The not the mouse. Yeah, it's tough. yeah. Well, the mouse it depends. I don't know. That's how hungry I am. <laughs> Well, we've done nothing but talk about food. That's so right. there you so go. Why not? Why not? So quite different than the Syrah. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people think of Rhone blends as being Syrah based. And this is sort of the complete antithesis of it. So if you have Syrah left, it's okay if you don't. But if you can go I back and forth. Just that occasion. So if you go back and forth a little bit, you'll notice to me anyway, there's that meaty texture. But Syrah, the, the acid on Syrah tends to work its way around and really just hover at the roof of your mouth. Whereas here, you can sort of feel the tannins on the side and it's kind of straight back on the palate. The mouth feels quite different on the two. They, there, there might be some similar earthy aromatics, but the mouth feel and, and the start to finish, I think are, are very, very different with these wines. What do you guys think of that one? Start to finish. It's a quiet crowd. I feel like you guys are like taking a test or something. <laughs> Oh, did we're he, not going to grade you, you didn't later. Tell him about the test. Yeah. Oh. Um, tell me every word I said. Just backwards. <laughs> um, yeah, some yeah there is a like vanilla, vanilla character bean. to it, and it's not. I hate to keep cheating, but it's really best yeah, rather than I make this stuff up. It, yeah, there's it's 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 all French oak. Um, there. Yeah, but I think it's 19 get months in punchins, the but in the vanilla, yeah, the I think and, there's just, woods. yeah. Oh, yeah, it, for sure. It's coming from the oak. Yeah, um, but it's definitely there. There is that sort of, 
Yeah, I would agree with yeah, you. For sure, it's coming from the oak. Yeah. All right, just out of curiosity, I like doing this sometimes. Just out of curiosity, so okay. All right, just out of curiosity, I just want to know like your favorites tonight. All right, so how about the Grenache Blanc? That was the first one. I'll do it this way. I'll do it this way. You can vote for more than one, but I just sort of want to know where you're sort of coming from. I'll do it this way. I'll do it this way. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. We'll do. You can say which ones you like to make additions. I just want to get it sort of a. I always like seeing like because right. these are so very different wines, and you know, life is boring if we only liked one wine. We'd have some one red and one white upstairs, and our, our right. jobs would be super easy. Um, but they're not because everybody likes something. You know, everybody likes something different. One, and then two. It depends on what you're doing and what you're feeling or your mood that you're in of what you're right. going to drink. So, you know, even with something that doesn't hit you right off tonight is one of those things. You'll have something you go, remember that wine we had, you know, that would have went really well with this. Yeah. And you sort of hark back because it's all about, you know, creating that library in your head of all these different flavor profiles and these different flavors that you're tasting. And it also helps you build your, you know, your side of your vocabulary. But yeah, you, you never, very few people in wine or in whiskey or anything like that like the same thing that they started with because your palate changes and not what you feel right. about. And the more stuff you try and, you know, there's, a, you might still have a favorite that you go back to or it's now and then, but you know, it's like, it, you know, it, it, you know, your palate matures, it changes. just like it changes. food, you know, you don't eat the same thing you ate when you were seven. That's right. So, I mean, like, I don't why, drink the same why, thing I drank yeah, Why wouldn't I eat this when I was a kid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why wouldn't I eat this? You know, oh. as I'm munching on Brussels sprouts last night. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, the Grenache Blanc, I'll start start all over again. Which one? you guys like that one? Okay. I just got quite a few hands up on that one. The Viognier. So yeah. if anyone has Viognier in their glass after you've had these, you should go back and try it. It's so quite... I, I might have been the only scrolling wine away here, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to try. There's something to be. I know. I you know it's. I am like it's usually this a lost cause everything. is why that she didn't tell you because usually you go like, hey, by the way, you might want to you might want to save that, and you go like, oh, well, save. Oh, the, sorry. The reason being, whenever I do these things, and it doesn't matter whether I'm leading it or I'm at somebody else's tasting, wine changes its expression after being open for a little bit and especially wines that are bigger and richer like that all of a sudden you know as that it's yeah, had a little the, bit of time to open up what's like just, sort of the baked good i'm getting on that oh it's brioche i mean that's yeah, definitely right? like a biscuity brioche note yeah i have some left in my glass you're welcome to rush the stage later and and smell it and try it um but yeah the, it makes a difference when you doing these difference. try to and also by the way by the time you get we're, we're you know we've gone through so many yeah. wines now your palate changes a little bit too, for sure. And you know, you're not tasting the exact same things you were. And and a lot of times, that lets other flavors come out that you didn't taste the first time. So for sure, yeah. Um, the clone one one five. Didn't taste the first. Okay. So for sure, a couple of those out there. Um, the Syrah. Yeah. How about? Did anybody have an epiphany tonight? The Syrah. I like that one. That's that may, that may there might have been an epiphany on the epiphany. I you know I love that you guys like that. It's it's a it's a different wine. And yeah, that's not a uh, that's not a that's not a mainstream wine. No, I, it's and again it's same thing with Grenache Blanc. When you get it in someone's glass and they have a chance to taste it, 
you know, it's like, hey, you want to try a Grenache Blanc? Yeah. Mm, nah, probably not. <laughs> but once you taste it, it's a completely different feel. So yeah, I, I um tickled. So I don't feel like we had a stinker in the bunch. They're all they all appeal for different reasons and different things. I try not to do that, you know. But yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna really try people on on junky stuff. <laughs> no. So. Although, although I will put out, if anybody's interested, I, I, I plan on eventually doing a whiskey tasting and it was supposed to be, um, it was supposed to be the pleasure and the pain. And it was really, really, it was really good stuff. And then really, really, really bad stuff. And then it became, now it's called, I, I've retitled it in my head. It's called the pain and the pain. Oh. And and so That's, if you want to try some really bad and interesting, yes, thing. yes. If you want to really try some real, I'm 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 gonna do this one night. What's that? Oh yeah, well, maybe for an April Fool's. No, it's it's. Um, well, there's Floki that that is is uh, Kiln Drive with Dung. Um, oh gosh. There's there's a there's a whiskey. You heard him. <laughs> yeah, you heard me. Hey, listen, there's a gin now that's made with elephant dung. So calm down, everybody. Uh, <laughs> there's 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 some whiskey that I had, and it's not the popular brand you've heard of, but that was aged in uh, hot sauce barrels. Oh, geez. yeah. So there's some really cool stuff out there yeah. that people really. There's fishkey. Fishkey. Yeah, it was aged in herring barrels. So there's some really bad stuff, but it's interesting to go and try because, again, you're trying stuff and you have a mental note. One, never to try that again. Right. But two, when you get something, although it's pickly, right? Is it? it, I don't know. I I, yeah. (laughs) I guess we'll find out. I had to go to Germany and find one of those. I had one sent in from Germany. So, so, um, but we had some great wines tonight. I want to take it away from that. No, and so everything that's here. I mean, we've we've been um quite lucky as a as a an area to start to get a little bit more acclaim um so um if you are interested these guys have we have some of the scorecards up here on the wine yeah we do accolades there you can scroll through the rest of i don't know what else is up on that thing yeah Uh, yeah. so one of the things decanter decanter ones this is the, the first year that we've ever submitted wine to decanter and of their top um pinot noirs we had four of them and all the top scoring so i'm like eh. that's pretty good but i didn't make the wine but i'm going to take credit for it anyway um Why <laughs> as, wouldn't you, you? Right, as you scroll down you can kind of this is the epiphany get, yeah and the syrah so these are just the recent praise so it gives you um and they're here as well if um, anybody wants to grab one of those and these are all have, up on the site too right. fastparker.com i'm assuming it is so if you go to the website um on the index to the top left if you click on that makes it really um, good dry riesling by the way too yes uh and they um the only people that have any of that one that's up there is martinetti they have a little bit left of it okay that's so our wholesale for those who don't. yeah so um it's a beautiful dry reason we make an off dry riesling it's a little less the dry than, is really yeah. nice i like the dry. yeah a little less than two percent residual and then the dry is completely dry but i'll leave my cards here the website's festparker.com if you click on the index the trade portion will come up or there's a shop portion both have um tech sheets and all the information there's videos there's maps you name it um so anything that you would possibly want to know about the winery there now i, w- I want to thank you very much for coming tonight yeah. thanks thanks to liz i did you didn't play the soundtrack when i came oh yeah hold on for- that's what I'm looking for. Uh, was it was it that one or was it this one? Probably. 
That's that's probably this is probably you a little this bit is, more. This is probably the real You're one. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you for this you know for coming out and, yeah. and seeing us tonight because I know there was a lot of like you know everything really is everybody. I know we we got rid of the mass mandate here in Westboro right now, but you know everything's really not open up and and a lot of this, uh, people from the wineries and distilleries and stuff like that are really not traveling the country that much. So uh, we really appreciate you coming down to see us. I appreciate you having and, me and uh, trying these great. My wines husband with us. appreciates you having me. Yep. This he, has been a trying couple called, of years. He called, he called me and said, thank you for getting out of the house. He's, yes. he's on he's on Facebook right now. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you Liz, for coming Thanks. down. We really do appreciate it. Thank Great. you all for coming tonight. I hope you had thank a good you. time. Um, Best Parker Wines, everybody. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Now if I can figure out how to get us off of uh, Facebook, we'll be all right. Have a good night, everybody. Stay safe. My ears are up.